guys, it's Amanda and Farron with Kicking Cancer Cares. And on this segment, we have our sponsor, who is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. She is actually currently fighting her own battle with breast cancer, so please make sure to show her some love and support during this difficult time. And if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns about selling a house, buying a house, or what that might even look like, you might want to do it in the next six months or year, give her a call and see what you need to line up and get in place for that. And her phone number is 503-409-4389. We had so much fun jumping into all those recaps. And I just want to thank Brenda again for that recap, sis, because you were able to bring people into so much of what's going on in your life. Um, and I think I think my two bits on that would be that, you know, when Brenda and I decided to start kicking cancer, it was just to share with people what she was doing to stop the cancer coming back. So we spend four and a half years doing that, and everything we're doing is all of a sudden, okay, Brenda has to take her own advice now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. truly think that making that decision, I mean, I, 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 I know you made the right decision on um, not doing the Red Devil, but I, for me personally, I'm, I'm somebody that has a really difficult time making decisions with anything. What's for dinner tonight? What movie are we watching? What medication do you take? That's really mm-hmm. difficult, and to, especially when it comes to your life. Well, and I, that's a hard yeah. choice. That's, and I think you've said yeah. this before, Brendan, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but so often whatever the doc, once you jump on the cancer train mm-hmm. and the doctors, you know, they're, they're so smart, they tell you to do X, Y, Z. So you do X, Y, Z. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we're just telling people, take a few minutes and maybe it is the yeah. right decision. I don't know. Maybe it's the right decision. Process it. Do your yeah. research. Just don't, don't right. do it because, you know, the God in the white coat told you to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like you say, when you get on that cancer train, it just runs you down the road, down the track, and you have a hard time getting off. And almost always, I try to tell people, almost always you have time to do some research, get something under your belt. I realize there's those episodes where Aunt Ethel was diagnosed and three weeks later she was gone or even four days later she was gone. I know that happens. But the majority of the time, way more than that, 95% of the time, people have some time. Take a look, find your resources, figure something out for yourself. People spend more time researching what kind of blender they're going to get than figure out what kind of information they're going to do in regards to cancer or the research there. Take a little bit and figure that out. You almost always have time. It took a decade for your cancer to get large enough to be the head of a pin so that it could even be seen on an ultrasound or an MRI or a or a mammogram, it's not going to grow that much bigger in the next two weeks to two months, depending upon, you know, the research that you can do. So take some time and do that. So with the treatment plan that you're going to go with, um, is there going to be any side effects? Only good ones in this this way, hopefully, if all goes well. Vitamin C, high-dose vitamin C therapy, we're just something, a lot of vitamin C. And it's all liquid vitamin C, so it's going straight into the vein. So if all goes well, hopefully it'll only be positive. There could be a little bit of an issue of the IV having some um, irritation possibly, or if there was anything that got involved in any kind of, you know, you have to keep it very sterile. So if there's something that wasn't sterile, that could be an issue. But hopefully everything else will just be on the positive. That's what I'm definitely praying for. And that's, that's, that's the benefit to it. It's really just high-dose IV vitamin C, and it's, it's taken intravenously. So it just has to be careful and sterile in that particular way. Absolutely. And, again, I think it probably saved my life six years ago. I definitely feel like it made a huge difference, such a blessing. 
Well, we always I always try to bring a recipe, Brenda. <clears throat> and I thought yeah. you'd appreciate this because whenever Brenda comes to visit, <clears throat> we'll usually cook some some uh, oats and then she'll put them in like a little Tupperware and then that's what she eats as we head out to do a Spartan or whatever. She's got me hooked on those chickpeas that she brought that one time. <laughs> I haven't. Oh, <laughs> yay. <laughs> we that. Those were good. <clears throat> well, today's recipe is called Paradise Island Overnight Oatmeal. Okay. The, yeah, see, Take yes. me to paradise. <laughs> so the real, little mm. recap says, with just a few common fruits, this recipe will transport your breakfast to the tropics. Overnight, your oatmeal is a great option for those who have busy or early mornings that make preparing breakfast difficult. You can make it after work or before bed and know that a tasty breakfast will be waiting for you in the refrigerator the next morning. I've heard about the hmm. overnight oatmeal. And I've actually heard really, really good things about I, it. I, I started doing these about six months ago. They're really fun. Really? Really fun. So you've got a few ingredients this time. You've got two cups of rolled oats, two cups of a plant-based milk, which could be almond milk. Okay. You've got a half a cup of diced mangoes, fresh or frozen. And you've got a half a cup of pineapple chunks, Ooh. fresh or frozen. That's what's going to make it tropical. there. That's, that's what's going to make it tropical. You got a banana sliced up. You got a tablespoon of maple syrup. That's going to be your, your sweetener, sweetener, not sugar. And a tablespoon of chia seeds. Oh, what okay. are those? Chia seeds. What's that? Um, what's the best way to describe chia seeds, Brenda? They're a. They're it, li- it, it's a small seed, and it, when you add liquid to it, it will expand a little bit. So it can be used as a. It's kind of a gelatin once it expands a little bit, and it's also pretty high in protein. And so it's really going to kind of fill you up because it's, it's going to have that expansion ability to it. And some people in the vegan community would use it as an egg replacer because it gets kind of gelatiny like an egg would be. So it's going to add a lot of protein. It's a very, very, seed. very small black seed. I've seen them because I've actually mm-hmm. seen a lot of recipes call for, call for it. And um, I always thought it was chai seed. Yeah, chia chai seed. Mm-hmm. Chia seed. So here's your recipe. And, you know, and years ago, they had those chia pets. Remember that little chia pet from, like, the 70s and 80s? I yeah. do. And you'd put those little seeds in it, same thing. That's the chia seed that went one. into the chia pet. Okay. Terry, Terry, I, Terry I has still, one. I still have one. <laughs> it's in my garage. Of course you do, Terry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So here's the simplicity. In a large bowl, mix together the oats, the milk, the mangoes, the pineapple, banana, syrup, and the chia seeds. Just mix them all in a bowl, cover, and refrigerate overnight, and the next morning... Put them in little containers. That's it. It's so easy. Did you bring us any samples? I should have. I should have. I'll bring it next week. Oh, wait. You won't be here next I'll week. Come. I'll okay. come. I'll, I'll show up. I'll be here. I'll yeah. be here. So the reason they call it Paradise Island is because you've got mangoes and pineapples and bananas and... All the good things. All the good things. So uh, Amanda always recipe. takes a copy of this. She takes a picture of this recipe. So for the listeners that want this, just email her. She's got the recipe for you. Cool. Bob, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so there's our recipe. But Britt and I were having a really good discussion the other day, at, and it kind of ties into something when she was here before. She talked about all these different chemicals that are in cosmetics and how many things you put on your body. Remember yes. That, when you guys talked about that? Mm-hmm. So we thought we'd have a good discussion about what goes on your body and what mm-hmm. goes in your body okay. that could cause cancer. Yeah. Let's okay? do it. And I always, mm-hmm. I always say could because there's no guarantees. Right. Um, but but the first one again. I'm going back to my friend Chris. Chris, Chris, Chris beats Chris, cancer. Chris beats cancer book. Um, and he, there's a little section here. He talks about that your skin absorbs what you put on it. Kind of makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Chemicals from creams, lotions, potions, oils, makeups, nail polish, deodorants, 
uh, other care products um, absorb into the bloodstream through your skin. But unlike the food industry, the skincare industry is largely unregulated. Mm-hmm. Except, Brenda, when you and I talk about this, when it says largely unregulated, that is an understatement, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an understatement. It's really? He's, he's being kind. He's speaking kindly about that right there. And actually, the last time that the chemical industry was regulated was actually in 1938. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we haven't regulated this industry in almost 90 years. That's 85 years. 85 years. No one has yeah. regulated the the body cream industry, mm-hmm. the cosmetic industry, for 90 years, 80 years. Yeah. That's so, so what? Yeah, coming up in coming up toward 90 years, and now and, and they got together and said, tell us how you're doing their cosmetic industry. Okay, now we're going to let you go self-govern. Go take care of yourselves. Yeah, hmm, how well is that going to work? Put the five-year-olds into the room with all the sugar and say, now you guys take care of yourselves, and we'll yeah. come back exactly. and see you in a while. <laughs> yep. Whoa. Well, and I, and I think it was interesting, Brandon, you and I talk about this, and, and I, know, I know Terry's opinion and Amanda's on politics, and, and, and I don't want too much government control. I don't want government controlling everything in my life. But now you just said there's no control and you're hoping that companies have some moral compass, which apparently they don't, because it's more about how much money they can make off those products. But tell me what you were saying about the number of products that have been banned in the United Kingdom versus here. What was that what was that you're telling me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually very interesting. In the United Kingdom, they banned over thirteen hundred chemicals in wow. these cosmetic and personal care products. Thirteen hundred have been banned. Thirteen hundred. Except how many have been banned right? in the United States? And and in the US, they banned a mere eleven. <laughs> eleven. Merely eleven have been banned in the US. Thirteen hundred over in the United Kingdom. Wow. Huge difference. So when you when you turn to these industries in the 1930s, you say, go govern yourselves. How well is that working for us? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not well. Yeah. Not well. Not well at all. <laughs> hey, you want to run out and grab some want. deodorant right now, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, there was other thing you were talking about, Brenda, when it comes to, when it comes to these chemical, uh, these products, and I noticed that mm-hmm. when we had Jessica Carpenter in here, they will tell you what's in there. But it's really, really tiny writing that you can't even read, and they're words you don't even know how to pronounce, and you're just mm-hmm. trusting that whatever they wrote, there's actually a good thing when it's not always a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a big laundry list. It's a big laundry list, and you can't even understand them. You know, gals put on uh, an average of 12 personal products a day. That's just like the actual shampoo or the actual or uh, the actual lotion, whatever they're putting on. But those contain an average of 168 chemicals. 168 wow. every single day gals are putting on their bodies. And men aren't very far behind. Men are catching up to that. Women, women use a little bit more. But an average of 168 chemicals are putting on their body on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I actually just had an allergic reaction two weeks ago. Three, three weeks ago, I guess it would be. And it lasted about two weeks where my eyelids were swollen. And really, uh, and then they would get uh, almost like scaly. It's just something recent within Mm -hmm. the last year that I've probably been dealing with. But I'm very, very careful and cautious with what I use. And my uh, dermatologist has told me to watch for certain ingredients uh, to stay away from. And I do. But every once in a while, I get a breakout and it happens on my eyes and they get really swollen. And it could be, she told me it could be as simple as you going and getting your nails done. 
And she said, I would wear gloves for a few hours afterwards okay. so that, it, you know, wash your hands and then wait a few hours and let the chemicals kind of settle yep. before you touch your face. But sh- you don't realize how much chemicals you actually have on your body and, yep. and then the things that you use and what they all have in them. And, and I need to do better myself, but I've done, um, especially for my face in particular, because I was dealing with a medical issue, but it comes up every once in a while, I'll get really inflamed and swollen eyelids. And my doc, my dermatologist says it's from a chemical. Yep. Hmm. Well, the one that I thought was even more interesting as Brenda were talking about this is, so that's what goes on your body, those chemicals, but what goes in your body and how many things we're putting in our body that are really not good for us. Uh, again, go back to Chris. Um, he said that when the FDA approves a new medication, whatever that is, drug companies sales reps push to doctors who then prescribe them to you. If a significant number of patients die or suffer severe health problems caused by the drug, the FDA will eventually, 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 eventually <laughs> recall the drug. The, oh, I'm sorry, recall the dangerous medication. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Or they just add it onto their side effects, and they're like, "See, I told you so." Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in most cases, and this is the part that just almost made me chuckle. In most cases, the manufacturer of the recall drug has already made astronomical profits enough to settle lawsuits for the permanent injuries mm-hmm. or death that the drugs cost. Mm-hmm. Except, except in the case of vaccines, because that's. In the case of vaccines, the U.S. government issues tax dollars to settle the claims because mm-hmm. the pharmaceutical industry is has immunity from vaccine injury lawsuits thanks to the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986. So there was a law made in 1986, probably with a good intention. Right. But because of that law, here we sit almost 40 years later, and every vaccine that is created... Uh, whether it be Pfizer or Moderna, they are not liable to pay you if they if you die. So they could be poisoning you, and it's not on them. They get to they get to make all the profit and then wash their hands of it while our tax dollars pay those things. Well, you are the Segway Queen, and you just said something. You said they're poisoning you. Yeah. I brought you an article. Okay. This dun, is dun, dun. So this is from the Citizens Council for Health Freedom. Okay. And it's actually, uh, the title is The Shocking Rise in Cancer Post-COVID. Interesting. That's the title for this mm. article. Okay. Uh, COVID shots began in December of 2020. About five months later, cancer cases skyrocketed. And there's a graph on here that you could, the, the listeners can't say, but you can so it says, look at the chart below. Uh, the CDC data since not in 2014 shows a shocking rise, a rise from 2000 to, to April of 21, and then in 2021 it tripled. So the graph was going at this curve, and then it went like this. Oh, wow. The rise is being reported, but the media is blaming air pollution, processed foods, even skin color. Not the COVID shot. <laughs> right. Oh, dear. Pathologist Dr. Ryan Cole, who looks at 40,000 biopsies a year, reports an alarming rise in cancer diagnosis and aggressive return of cancers that were in remission. Oh, wow. Since the COVID shot started. He believes the shots may have altered our natural immune response. 
Absolutely. Mic drop. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mic drop it. Mic uh, drop it. Yeah. I mean, if you can see, the listeners can't see it, but you can see the chart on there and how much that thing shoots up. Yeah, absolutely. It is just unbelievable what do, has happened. Do you have a link to that uh, to that article? Uh, you, there is a link on the bottom. Okay, you, so you can keep the link. for our listeners, if you guys would like the link to that, email me at amanda at kslm.news, and I will share that with you. Um it's from a, it's from a it's called the Health Freedom Minute. It's on uh, forty eight stations on radio eight hundred and fifty radio stations air this, mm-hmm. and there's a link which they can get from you. But this isn't just this isn't just Barron being pissed off because of the COVID. Show. Right, right. There's a doctor who does forty thousand biopsies a year, and he's seeing a significant return in cancers that have been in remission since the COVID. Correlation, causation. Yeah. I think there's a definite correlation that's a causation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, they're to- vaccines can be very toxic. Um, I do see some that have their benefits. I get it. Um, I Now that I'm older and I've done a lot more research on them, I, I personally would not put another vaccine in my body of any kind, shape, form, there's, whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I feel like my immune system naturally is really great and if i feed that great immune system with all the great things then it'll feed me back all the good things is, well, is and, kind of how i see it and the and the the article actually says that dr ryan cole believes the shots may have altered our natural immune response yeah and that's troubling so the shots are doing harm yeah so so just knowing that well, I they went, never did good yeah. So I went clear back to 2007, which is the far back I could get with the uh, right. the data. From 2007 through 2022, there's been uh, an increase of 500,000 plus per year. So in 2007, it was 1.4 million. Now it's 1.9 million. Mm-hmm. There's a half a million increase per year, which is a 35.4% increase. Jeez in those 15 years we we're not mm-hmm. slowing this thing down at all it's no. actually going and then thanks to the COVID we're ramping shot, it up we're ramping it up thanks to the COVID shot gosh dang mm-hmm. it that Ter- terry, terry is so pissed off i can't even say anything i'm not saying it <laughs> <laughs> brenda you have any thoughts input on this discussion well, yeah i think it's super true that that goes in it changes much of the DNA inside of your body, and that's going to lead to more issues of cancer. And there's also a lot of other things that contribute to that. All of that contributes to the issues that go along with the side effects of the injection. We don't know everything that's inside of the injection. Right. It's hard to figure it all out. People are just getting it willy-nilly, whether it be this or something else. Uh, it, it can go inside there, and you're not really aware of what's happening inside of your body and you may have a reaction that you're not aware is going to happen for years down the road. That's a lot of the issue is now, and, and for the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, we're going to see what the side effects of this is going to be. We don't know what it's going to do because we haven't had enough test time to figure that out. Yeah. And what everything else that we're doing is adding to that to contribute to the rate of cancer, but it is skyrocketing, and I'm very aware of um, 
of, of Ryan Cole, and he's pretty vocal about it. He's brought a lot of things to light, and I'm grateful that he's doing it because there's not a lot of people that are doing the time to research this. It's important to do and to be aware of. And, and they were not only putting on your body, but what you're putting in your body. I tell you, nobody cares about your health as much as you do. Exactly. Be your own advocate and take care of it. Britt, mm-hmm. Brit, I think Terry's got a thought for you here. Good, let's do it. Mm-hmm. You, got, you had the look on your face. I'm sorry no. you did. No, go ahead. <laughs> So um, <laughs> yeah. I think Terry is going to keep his thoughts to himself until <laughs> after the show right now. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, I, I do want to – I did – we, we want to have a discussion about what you're putting on your body and in your body and how that can all cause cancer. And I think the biggest thing here is just what Brenda says. You've got to be an advocate for yourself. You do. No one cares about your health as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, sometimes all of those medications and whatnot it is not the right path no, to no. take. And so, Brenda, I commend you for, you know, taking your own health into your own hands and kind of going against Doing what the you're research, doctor- yeah. 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 Well, I did want to make sure I'm bringing well, you a story. Go ahead, Brenda. Go ahead. And that, and that, and that is what I do and I, what I'm doing, and I appreciate it. And you asked earlier, Amanda, that uh, was that a hard decision to not do the chemotherapy? Or maybe, maybe Terry asked that. And it was, was that a hard decision? And, you know, I will go back and say that is a hard decision because part of me wants to say just take that route. I'm right. not saying by any means it's the easier route because it can be very challenging. But I do feel like I'm taking my health into my own hands. And is it risky? It is. It is risky. I get it. But I feel like I checked out the risks and I'm willing to live with these risks. And six years ago, when my husband said, if your cancer comes back, are you going to regret not having been chemotherapy? And with a resounding no, I said, I am not going to regret it. I'm going to move forward just like I am. And even though the recurrence happened, I don't regret not having done chemotherapy then. And I don't want to regret it now. I just want to take advantage of everything I have that's positive and good. And it is a hard decision. It is. Yeah. But I feel like I'm going to make this one and move forward with it in faith. Good. Well, I'm on your side and I'm rooting for you yeah. all the way. Yeah. You got this. You're the rest. Well, I, I wanted to bring you a really interesting story. We're, we're actually kind of towards the end of 2019 in our timeline. And I got my first request for a go team back then when I knew I couldn't be there for it. That um, was the assistant manager at the Heritage Mall down in Albany. Okay. And during the summer of 2019, she thought she had the flu. Turns out she didn't have the flu. She had blood cancer, which... For some reason, there seems to be a correlation there. I've seen it more than once. But when they began organizing the event, I realized that I had committed myself to do the rock and roll run in Vegas. I actually ran the strip at night with the lights up on my birthday. Okay, that's cool. It was a lot of fun. But I said, I, I, I support you guys, you guys are doing, but I can't be there for the event. And so I had to turn the reins over to them. And they did a phenomenal job supporting their friend, which was always the, that was always the vision. Mm-hmm. If you'll support your friend like I supported Brenda, then these go teams work really well. Exactly. So they worked with the, the Pizza Hut down in Albany. And um, her name is Darla Young. And so it's called Dinner for Darla. And they had, looked like they had a, a silent auction there. They had the pizza cells that came in. They passed a hat around the room, and they raised $3,400. Wow. Wow. Nice. For this gal. Holy smokes. That's um, awesome. And, mm. and I brought the little flyer. I managed to find a little flyer, and it says, uh, a portion of all the sales during the evening in the store and online will go to Darla with her medical bills. Darla is an important member of the community. She works at Heritage Ball. She has no medical insurance and is fighting leukemia up at OHSU. 
So it proved to me back then that this go team will work if you'll actually step up and help your friend. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it has continued to prove itself more and more that if you'll step up and help your friend, kicking cancer can work alongside you to make it successful. And it was just such a pleasure to hand Carrie Burwell's check for $16,000 that's awesome. today. That's awesome. That is. That is. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really so, cool. And the very first go team is on the phone with us. Woohoo! I love it. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys, both Brenda and Terry, for joining us today. Truly, you guys are amazing. Good times. It's always yeah. good to be with such excellent friends. Love it. Absolutely. Well, you guys, this as our show comes to end, I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsor for this half, and that is Marianne McNally, who is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. And as I said, she's going through her own fight, so please, please pray for her as well. And her number to be reached at is 503-409-4389. And she is your go-to if you're buying or selling or just trying to see what that looks like. And we will be back next week. As the movement continues.